This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. And here with me, I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, just uh, here ready to talk about um, a loaded weekend quietly. Um, lots of big news as the wrestling world keeps spinning. Um, the Lots of just cool stuff, cool things happen this weekend. So I'm chilling. What's up with you, man? Not too much, man. Um, I, I hang out with you over the weekend in person. For first, I think this is what the third time since the pandemic when we've actually been <laughs> in the same, you know, uh, domicile or whatever. Um, hanging out and watching Triple Mania and seeing some of the happenings at uh, uh, Resurgence. I'm gonna say Revolution. And like, I was like, I'm hanging out with my dog that is cool and everything and I'm just like <laughs> my dog asked me to come through and I'm like oh, I don't know I'm not really feeling too good or whatever else but you know like had a COVID test uh, the other day came back negative and I've been vaccinated months ago so I'm like I'll, I'll come through I'll come through and like I forgot that like you and Catherine like Y'all don't be playing with that AC. That AC blow that blows cool, nice yes. and cool the whole time. So yes. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I ain't no bitch. I ain't gonna tell him to call it and turn it up. I ain't gonna do that. I ain't no bitch. So I'm sitting there with the sniffles for a little bit, and everything, and you know, and then I woke up the next morning and oh my god, my face was so messed up. Like, bro. I, oh no, bro! When I mean my face, I mean my sinus pressure, like just no but sinus pressure. I'm like, bro, I ain't felt this bad since like when's the last time I had a sinus infection? Huh? All right. So I'm like, I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm taking, I'm taking like you know Dayquil or whatever else, and it doesn't do anything. And I'm like, all right, let me get some for sinus pressure, man. I went to, uh, I think Walmart. Went to Walmart, mm-hmm. picked up some Sudafed for face congestion or whatever else. And I came back home, took it, and uh, took my ass to sleep. I woke up, bro, and I feel like what? What sickness? What? So ever so, I had a, I got a. So shout out to uh, Johnson and Johnson for making Sudafed. I know y'all, your little, you know, the, your, your vaccination, your one shot dose ain't really getting that much uh, uh, hype or whatever else compared to the the AstraZeneca and the Moderna and the Pfizer. But boy, when I say y'all know how to how to get that. 
you know, get that off your boy. Y'all got that off your boy. So I shouts out to y'all. This show will not be happening if not for the good people of Johnson & Johnson. I'll tell you this right goddamn now. But I, bro, I don't know how, you know, obviously medicine gets better every single year, right? Yeah. I want to know where this was when I was in my teenage years and I had like bronchitis or sinus infections or whatever else my whole life. But like you know, once or twice a year, I would get this shit. If I had this shit, then this I would have never, I would have never missed no days of school. Thank God, this shit you, wasn't around when I was in school then. You my know, God. you you could have tried something else. You know, you could have tried some of that uh, that Doctor Sebi life. You know, you could have. Not really, considering he died from fucking pneumonia. <laughs> You know, natural, holistic. Yeah, yeah, you know. real natural, real holistic. Look, bro, doc, look, Doctor Sebi, if he had got him some of the Sudafed, he might still be with us right here to fuck to uh, to fucking right now. So uh, we, we gonna have to send you the NLE chopper instead. Then I don't know. even know what that means. Oh, okay. He, he's this, he's on holistic uh medicine now too. Like this man is like um. I'll send you some of this stuff, but he was a rapper, right? Yeah, I know. And, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And, cool. So he's doing all this like crazy. It, it sounds like that man just read too much Dr. Sebi and he's doing all these like, he's shilling these teas and these herbs mm. and all this other stuff. And I'm mm. like, oh God. And he's he's spreading that misinformation too about mm. the vaccine. So, you know, mm. all, it's all lining up. Well, speaking of Doctor Sebi, do we need to talk about him and uh, and what he, his thoughts were on HIV, or do we need to move on? That's good. We enough. can we can we can move on, okay. sir. Yeah, we can just move on on. Yeah, man, like you said, big week. It's a week that was so big with the preview for the the takeover in um, SummerSlam. Like we're going to push that to a midweek uh, preview. We're going to have uh, uh, one of our favorite guests, Tanya. She's going to be on from uh, uh, Suitplexes and Shea Butter. So. Um, Any questions y'all got for Tanya, y'all can send them to us in the Discord or drop a DM. And uh, and anything funny y'all want us to ask her uh, on the program. Yes, uh, and we'll make sure to get those to her. Yes. We'll definitely make sure to get those to her on air. Yeah. So, um, like you said, man, uh, between the uh, Rampage, Dynamite, um, Triple Mania, and catching up on the stardom stuff, I think we got ourselves a solid... Let's say ninety minutes, not or hundred hundred and five minutes or whatever else, and then uh, later in the week we'll give you another uh, the match. But like uh, the three hour sh- uh, show, I don't think we're gonna give you that this not week. Tonight. Not tonight. Not, not not this week. Not this week. Um, but, so, uh, uh, Rich, where do you want to where do you want to go first? I, I kind of want to start with Rampage. Okay. Like, um. Yeah. So uh, the first episode of Rampage, uh, they ended up pulling seven hundred. 40,000. My prediction was 780, but same demo prediction. I predicted 0.30 um, and they ended up getting 0.30, which is really awesome for uh, Friday night, especially at 10 p.m. Next week, you would think it would be even higher because, you know, the impending CM Punk uh, United Center show. Um, But yeah, this was like an incredible hour of television. Like it was just like so like we know the rapid pace that a two hour AEW show moves at. This was like even compressed, like and it was just like every time you turn around, there's a dope segment, a good match, or like an emotional moment, and a good angle or a interview somewhere. And um I, I really enjoyed it. And I was like, when it was done, I was like, fuck. Like <laughs> I was like, let's go pump this in the veins. 
yeah, I thought it was a really good show as well. Um, it's just it's just so funny to me watching this, and I'm like, big match, squash match, big match, one hour show, progressing uh, what's going to happen the week, the next until the next week, and just like. Th- thank you, Vince Man. Thank you, Triple H. Thank you for showing us the way by watching all those NXTs, all them years, the one-hour NXT shows, uh, especially 2018 era, in late 2018, early 2019, to where we transition now, and, like, Dynamite gets to do that on fucking uh, TNT after you decide to go to two hours and, uh, and completely, like, make yourself look completely embarrass yourself by moving to two hours when you were basically doing what they were doing every fucking week for, like, every time I watch y'all. Congratulations, you played yourselves. So, there you go. Um, like, like you said, um, felt, felt like big, big time wrestling. Uh, one of the hottest crowds. I think this is the hottest crowd that, in, that not NXT, that, uh, that AEW has had since um, they closed down for the pandemic in March of 2020. I think this was a hotter crowd than Double or Nothing. Um, I love the crowd all night. Some, do you think there's something to it being a Friday crowd rather than a Wednesday crowd? A lot of people were theorizing that because, like, oh. feasibly it's a little bit later at night, so it's later 10 o'clock. Later at night. People might be drinking by that yeah. time. They, they've already sat through two hours of the taping, and I don't know. Like, I think that's something to, to watch uh, the, the weeks going forward. That's something to think about, but like you said, once you mention the part where like they're doing the darks and stuff before, like I don't care how drunk you get or how rowdy you are, how carefree you are that you ain't got to drive or whatever else, send through two hours or anything to get to what you actually want is still will still you know put some, uh, take some starch off of you. So the fact that they were that hot two hours later is still a testament to. Um, what this crowd thinks of and believes of out of AEW and how and how much they love Brit that night. Um, so, you know, we'll see as, as you said, we'll see how it goes. But like, just you know, keep in mind this is a town that uh, when WWE comes through, they do not act like this at all. Yeah, like I've so, been told for years that Pittsburgh was this this ghost audience. Yeah, and, like think know. about Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Tampa. There's a few cities that like on the aid on the WWE, you know, they go there and it's like the crowds, you know, and I think a lot of it. And I was talking to you about this uh, over the week. Like, I think over the years, the WWE has because of, you know, problems with going back and forth with their booking with the crowd reaction. Like they have they have like made it to where like the crowd is less effective. And also like they like to talk over the crowd all the time. So Mm -hmm. it minimizes like the volume of the crowd. But like with AEW. They had four people in the booth. And you, that shit didn't even matter. It didn't like, matter. They couldn't talk over of, nothing. That crowd I, was there. I saw a lot of people complaining about the commentary, but like I kind of tuned the commentary out if it's bothering me. I didn't um, think the commentary was bad. Like they, it seems like they were very cautious. Aside from Jericho, who just you know he was in his wild Chris Jericho mode, but <laughs> everyone was talking in like sound bites. Like right. Mark Hen- Mark Henry like came off like more benign than I thought it would be because I was like, oh man. This man is really about to be Kendra Perkins out here, but oh, like, God. but he's he's not exactly offering like groundbreaking analysis or anything. But he's just kind of happy to be there. He's kind of like he felt like the Shivani of this. Uh, he, yeah, of yeah. This I, I, I didn't. Yeah. Um. From a from he was a very positive from that from that perspective he was it was Shivani like and like I kind of like that as opposed to. 
you know, Ross going off of some shit he didn't like or whatever else. Like, mm-hmm. I like the, I like a guy that's on comment or a person on the commentary that kind of likes what they're actually doing and what they're actually watching. It kind of has an effect on your overall watching experience. Like, obviously, you know, there's some um, there's some trade off when it comes to like, all right, are you just gonna be? Are you gonna do you like everything? Or are you just gonna be a corporate stooge or mm-hmm. you know, whatever? But um, I, I feel like Shivani's striked up a nice balance. Honestly, what 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 um, Mark Hume reminded me of was um, remember Percy Watson on NXT that used to run with Nigel and run with um, in in Morrow like before yes. he left. Like remember how he had eventually became good just sitting in the middle between all of between how good Nigel was and Morrow was. Like mm-hmm. he seemed like <laughs> that, but it was a four man booth instead of a, a four person booth instead of a a three person booth. Like I feel like. I haven't heard Big Show's commentary yet, so I don't know. But like, I feel like you know, over time, if you know, there's nobody. Well, there. I don't think there's anybody mfing him like like Vince would be. But like, <laughs> I feel like, at, you know, with three people or four people, like he could say something without embarrassing himself. Whatever else sounds like he knows what the hell's going on and get out of there. And like, you know, Taz's been doing this forever, and Taz's always been great. So, I kind of you know. You have three people that are. You have two people that are great at their jobs with Excalibur in Taz. You have Jericho who can be great um, when you know when when he's dialed in in the right frequency, and then you have Mark Henry there who's all right. Like I feel like over time with his booth, you know, I, I'm sure they'll have Jericho off some weeks or whatever mm-hmm. else. But like I feel like over time this this four man booth will gel for a four man booth, whatever that means. Yeah, um, one other change. Uh, Dasha was the ring announcer instead of Justin Justin Roberts, which is always welcome. That's crazy. Yeah, always welcome uh, in my book. But um, (laughs) so we might as well get to the show. But uh, we open up. It was Christian Cage against Kenny Omega for the Impact World Championship, and this was awesome. Big match feel immediately. I was fired up as soon as like the entrances happened. Um, The crowd was like loving both guys until it was time to you know make the switch for everyone to start cheering for christian and it was just like it was an excellent match like the work was like you could tell christian like he christian like back in like 2018 was saying like he watches he used to watch kenny omega matches and like pause them and like walk away because he would watch stuff kenny did and he's like start having a match with him in his head and shit uh-huh. like that so like um the kill switch one wing angel uh spots like and i already knew that was going to be something like a staple there um this wasn't an easy um uh this wasn't a given either that this happened because back on wednesday they had announced christian like in this match or friday and it didn't seem like people were like thrilled about it there were like light booze people started chanting for cm punk so they had a tall task and i think they nailed it like this was awesome i'm probably somewhere between four and four and a quarter on it and um it was like so hot one of the hottest tv matches of the year i don't like remember the last christian match that felt this great um and you know this is just another Another uh, check in a box for Kenny Omega and the Christian versus Edge comeback. You want to start comparing those? It's looking ugly. Yeah. Um, if you want to talk about the last great Christian, like the match, last time a crowd, crowd went crazy for a Christian match, I mean, it would probably have to be that Randy Orton stuff in the summer 2011. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, I- I'm with you. Um, I'm probably right at four flat. Um, but. The one thing that was encouraging about the match was like that clearly wasn't they didn't give away their be- their best stuff. 
you could tell mm-hmm. they, they, they were saving whatever they had. Um, so, and also they didn't go that long, but um, yeah. I, 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 they, they had a lot of different goals to accomplish and they hit all of them. Yeah. I know yeah, you, yeah. you wrote those down. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I'd be writing stuff down and saying stuff and forgetting it all the time. I'd be like, I don't, I don't want, well, let me, let me phrase it. I don't want to be like, yeah, I'll be giving y'all prophecy. Y'all just be like, I'll just lame <laughs> out. I don't be doing that, but like, I just think, okay. So, um, they had to get him over as a challenger for the pay per view because he wasn't quite there yet. Like, they, uh, the joint when he cut the promo last on actually on Dynamite, we talked about, he called, uh, I forgot who it was. He called him, a, I think he would call, was it was it um I almost called him Cyrus. What's Cyrus's Don Don Callis. Yeah, Callis. Uh, did he call I think he called Callis a jag off and, and obviously in doing that in Pittsburgh, yeah. that'll get you, you you know, that's the you know, local insult pop. Um gotcha. you know. He he might, he call might need to pay Zach tithes and to, ask him about that. Yeah, he might need to pay tithes to uh <laughs> to make Foley for that one. That was a local pop. So did that that got him over, they got the crowd off his back with the CM Punk chance. Um had to get screwed with because you got to give him some adversity. He can't just come in and just beat him. Um, had to protect Kenny Omega with the with the chair. So and also he deserved it because his friends came in and fucking helped him cheat. So he ended up getting dropped on the chair like he deserved. He shouldn't have been cheating. Um, and it makes you want to see their um, see another match because there clearly was a better match in them between them. Obviously, um, and it was a great match just on its own as a TV match. So I thought I thought it you know. And Christian need that one to get him over the top, um, to, as a as a proof that he actually can beat somebody. Uh, so like people say like, well, who does he beat? Well, he beat the fucking champion. Uh, he's the Impact slash TNA champion. He has two belts. Like I don't, you know, before that I thought maybe maybe they actually do Christian over in some, you know, and have him be the champion and go back and do a title versus title match, or whatever else. And Kenny just wins him back. But um, I mean, we'll get to him when we get to it. But like that match is a lot. That match is I'm looking to have match a lot more. Than I was before this match, which is that was so that was good booking, um, yeah. And and it, like you said, or it had to accomplish a lot, and I felt like they did that. And we'll see what they do in the next, uh, I think, two three weeks out from their pay per view. But they're off to the races now. Crowds now. Are crazy, and um, I think Christian has to actually get like people need to give Christian some props here because like from turning like the crowd um, during that promo Wednesday. Uh, to doing this, like it going over like gangbusters in the building, mm-hmm. and he, now he's gonna make the trip to Impact next week and defend the belt, so he'll at least get a defense of that belt. So say if he drops it back, he did something with it. Um, Who is it against? Brian Myers. Okay, so okay. Um, they'll do that, and like you said, the uh, all-out match. Uh, very, looking forward to that a lot. Uh, I know people were upset that. <laughs> like this was a um, weird thing because you know I don't know why this has happened but the perception is that it seems like Kenny Omega losing to Christian somehow interfered with the hangman or something I'm like I don't see that personally because I don't like because Kenny Omega hasn't lost in a long time and I'm like I don't know. I think it would be more beneficial for Hangman to be the one to put the bullet in the car co- or put the nail in the coffin rather than he beat him and he still has, you know, a bunch of belts and stuff like that. But um I don't know. Like like what do you what do you think of that like theory? Like or not theory, but like people say that it's been weakened or whatever. 
I I didn't think that Kenny Omega was some overwhelmingly unbeatable person. Like that's the reason why he cheats in all his matches. Like finish him isn't the hard part. Like the like you just gotta get there and beat him. Like the destination is beating him. It's not that he's some unconquerable mountain. Like it's not like trying to beat. It's not like trying to. It's, okay, it's not like Kenny Omega trying to beat Okada. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that. It wasn't that kind of thing. It's like it's it's like the greatest champion ever. You got to beat that guy to, to win. It's, no, it wasn't that at all. It's not even. It, they haven't even pretended it. He won the belt by fucking cheating. Like what are we talking about? <laughs> so like I, I think I think it's WWE logic, where it's yeah, like there, well, there if, you're the cha- if you're the top out. hill champion, that means that like you you know you just got to get it. You know you just got to if you're a baby face with any kind of hope, you just got to get it off and get get him off. Otherwise, like if you fail, then like people just forget just. For, just quit on you and it's like nah man that's relationship from years of years of them cutting the rugs pulling the rug from under you and everybody you ever trust and believed in ever as opposed to this company it's not the same thing if they keep it, like if they keep running if they keep screwing over every baby face over time over like let's say two three four five years then yeah you should you should start feeling the same way but no not now yeah i think um i think the hangman will be just fine whenever it's time for him to come back uh, I would will not would not worry about that. The One Nation Radio Victory Lab is going to be absolutely incredible when we tell y'all like, oh, like when, when y'all are so happy, um, it's going to be it's going to be just glorious. Um, Kenny dropping the Impact belts, uh, awesome title reign. Uh, he went over to Impact and wrestled a lot of dudes not on his level. Uh, no <laughs> no no shade to that roster, but like even Sammy Callahan couldn't stop. Uh, Kenny Omega from achieving high out here um, between him, Moose, uh, Rich Swan. Um, there was a couple other, you know, he did a bunch of six man work over there. And um, <clears throat> I know p- some people were uh, kind of uh, like, they didn't like that. He didn't drop it to someone from impact. I mean, that's a fair point. Um, they didn't, you know, but they don't impact doesn't have the cards. Like that's, it's just, that's the game. Like, um, <clears throat> yeah. I think that like if they had somebody that like I don't feel like like you can say Josh Alexander right he's a nice little wrestler like he can have good matches he's mm-hmm. but he's not someone like like Kenny Omega is not in charge of like making like he can do it right if we're like hey you make a guy in this match or whatever and I'm sure Josh Alexander will be able to hold his own but like that's not it doesn't seem like that was being asked of Kenny Omega to, Hey, make this, make, you know, a star out of our company, please. Like, doesn't seem like that was the goal. Yeah. And also I'm not so sure that this is Kenny Omega's last run with this belt. Like I, you know, before this even happened before, and I was like, this might, I'm sure like, I thought like, all right, well, either they go to snap a draw or they give the belts to, Christian and Omega wins him back and he's another champion then eventually he'll drop it to a moose or somebody like that so yeah that, that could fully happen yeah so uh, you know I don't want to say watch it what watch it play out but it's like I was saying this before it even happened so mm-hmm. you know like I, yeah I mean I guess uh, I guess the only encourage I can give to the listeners that like it's in it's in the social media uh or the, the social suplex uh messenger uh, when I pointed it out, but like we'll see how this goes. Like, um, if if they didn't, if they just gave it to Chris for Christian to then job, and then like Omega didn't do it, then put him on for that thirty year, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> that'd be uh that'd be pretty funny but um yeah like this wouldn't be the last title controversy for Kenny Omega this weekend which we'll get to later on um but after that we got a um match between uh well we got an interview uh Mark Henry went backstage uh with Christian in the Jurassic Express Orange Cassidy just hanging out in the back um, Christian cuts a passionate promo, and it seems like Mark Henry was dapping up his, his old homeboy that he knew that achieved. And um, Christian basically said he's going to take all of Kenny's belts, but Kenny's the real deal. It's going to be nearly impossible to win the AEW title, but Christian is in Kenny's head. So after that, we had a um, a video package with Miro and Fuego Del Sol uh, for Fuego. And it was just like a quick, like two minute thing saying Fuego's like deserves a contract. How about Hardy work? Fuego's done like forty jobs on Dark. <laughs> um, so like he comes out, uh, you know, he's out first. Uh, Miro gets in. Uh, Fuego immediately hits the tornado DDT before the match. Then he hits it again once the match starts. But Miro rolls out to the floor. Uh, Miro gets into count of nine third uh, tornado DDT for a near fall. Um, he tried to pin him again, but then Miro just caught him with the with the big um, kick. Just fucking rolled him up with the game over and just like and tapped him. Miro remains awesome in these squash matches and Fuego loses once again, but sometimes when you lose, you win. Uh, and Sammy Guevara said it himself. So after the match, Fuego Del Sol is laying out there through a commercial break, which is fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> but then Tony Khan comes out and he has a clipboard in his hand and Fuego like kind of knows what happened uh, or what's about to happen. This is a shoot. So they told him to just lay out there through the commercial break to get a standing ovation. But um, Sammy's music hits cuts promo calls him his best friend and like fuego you can see his face like through the mask like pretty much tearing up knowing what's about to happen they say fuego del sol is all elite crowd goes absolutely crazy twitter blows up i'm sitting here getting emotional didn't cry thought about it but it was just very uh very happy floyd said some uh really nice stuff about fuego on all things elite um because i guess floyd caught him uh in the oklahoma indies like in the Indies in Oklahoma, like years ago, just like seeing the grind he went through. Um, this man was uh, driving down to Jacksonville like autumn weeks and during this pandemic and then just see it pay off for him. And um, they did this thing that just all the fans would love and did this. Uh, you know, this guy got over and got rewarded and it wouldn't always be like that everywhere else. He would just, you know, like you've seen him the last couple of weeks, whenever somebody needed some heat, they would beat up Fuego. Like you could have Malachi Black kick him in the face. You could have and get um, more and get more heat from Malachi than Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, uh, because you know you can't do that to Fuego. Everybody loves Fuego, and then uh, Andrade beats him up the other week. But this man's been on a long journey. He's only won one match ever in, in AEW, but he's always like impressed. He's got like. He's got skills, uh, and he's like this perfect, like you know, job guy. And maybe he'll get a shot to do something one day. But um, he's uh, he's just someone everyone's invested in, everyone likes, and uh, it's more uh, goodwill building, I think, for as much as with Fuego, but uh, with the fans, like the fans, like feel like they have a voice, like they helped get this dude there. But 
don't want to take away from his hard work, but uh, you know, all the stuff on the vlogs, like he's gotten over big time. Yeah, um, like if wins and losses matter, then like you're gonna have to have baby faces that eat a lot of shit and be at the bottom and still be somebody that goes out there and gets their asses kicked. And you talked about um, uh, that you got that you you know felt a sense of emotion came over you when um when he got signed and you saw his face when he realized like what was happening and it was like ain't no shame in that it was like I you know watching stardom and watching uh you know at the beginning of 2019 and like that's when uh, Giant Size started and watch and watch her go out there and get fucking murdered by people like Shuri and and Mayu and Jungle and whoever else just kicking her ass for finishes and stuff and stuff that just like hey bro let me record this and send it to y'all so y'all can see like the kind of shit that like that's happening out here on these house shows so y'all 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 seen her get murdered a million times like almost like Kenny from South Park and like to see her uh at the December pay-per-view last year in the opener like when the future's belt like that was huge to see like a jobber like finally achieve something like and like that's the reason why wins and losses matter and like it's really cool is like winning at a certain level can like if winning and loss win, loses mat sorry if wins and losses matter throughout the entire promotion then winning at a certain level is an achievement it's not that like okay well so and sometimes you can transcend winning or losing right right um, so like everything's an achievement, everything's at scale, right? Like if you're someone that's a prelim person and you finally win like a futures t- title, that's you made it. You accomplished your dreams or you accomplished your goal for that time, and the crowd sees it as like you were you busted your ass to get to a certain level. Um, and that just happens throughout, you know, all of this stuff. So it's like it makes all the sense in the world that like people on dark, you know, he only won one match. I'm assuming that was against Peter Avalon. Nah, he, he 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 was in a tag match. He teamed with Marco Stunt. He pinned a dude named Ryzen. Oh, okay, so okay, okay. All right, so let me. So who wait? When did, didn't uh didn't uh Peter Avalon have a uh Owen everything match against somebody? That was uh, Avalon versus Cutler. That was like a four star oh, match. Okay, 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 okay. So, but Fuego had a long program with with QT. Like it started building on Sammy's oh log, God. and then QT. That was like we kind of broke out the heel character for the first time. Like mm-hmm. it, was, it was acting like a dick to him. They had like a three and a half star match on Dark, and on Dark, that's like a big deal. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, that was uh, and everybody wanted him to beat QT to basically get signed, and then QT beat his ass like gotcha. at the end, but. Um, so, so yeah, that basically I'm just getting at is like happy for dude, like all of y'all like him that watch dark. Um, and obviously he's a, he's because of the Sammy stuff in the, um, in the second BTE, the the Sammy vlog, like he's kind of become like, you know, somebody that like you see, I see every, you know, every other week or whatever on some funny shit. Uh, so like, yeah, man, happy for him. And like, who was it? Who came up with the line the other day? Like, where did it, you know, where they get Luchadors from Alabama? So yeah. like, you know, I, you know, happy for dude, and like, we'll see what it comes of it. Like, obviously, like, the darks is where he'll be at. So like, if if you like, and I think that's the thing that's cool with wins and losses. Like, it's it becomes that sports thing where, where like you watch people grow over time. You see them achieve. You see them fail. You see them, you know, re, you know, run their heads to the wall and then eventually break through. As opposed to oh, they're not breaking through in, like, the next two months. All right, well, I have no reason to believe in them because, like, they don't believe in building babyface long-term or or every time someone ever, 
you get behind, like, just get killed off. So, like, it's really, um, it's really, like, this matters. Like, all of that stuff matters and adds up over time. And, like, him getting signed, even though he's lost a bunch, like, shows that, like, that dude goes out there and competes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, man. So, after that, we had a um, hype video for the Rampage from the United Center. And then we got, like, a split-screen interview between Red Velvet and Britt Baker and Mark Henry. I like this. Um, right before the match, um, they were talking that shit to each other. Uh, Red Velvet was wearing the red, white, and blue, getting booed. Um, Britt, obviously, in our hometown. So, uh, they pretty much swap roles uh, here. Like, Britt's a total babyface, pretty much. Red Velvet's like uh, wrestling like more aggressively uh, in this match. Um, they come out matches pretty cool. Like Britt has that broken wrist, so she's kind of working around that. Uh, and Red Velvet is working the wrist. Uh, I well, she say built this- towards working for her. like yeah. as she, as the match come becomes as she gets more desperate, then she eventually starts taking advantage. Like, why of the why wrist. aren't I doing this? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so I thought this was, uh, you know, anytime Red Velvet comes on the screen or gets in a big spot, like she always like does well for herself, and she's not like the most experienced, but like, she, like, like we said a long time ago, like she's a uh, foundational piece. Like, like you're gonna be able to plug her anywhere, and eventually she'll get her time. But um, I like this because of the environment. Like, like Britt Baker's like a total total superstar um don't know like i know when it happened right but it's just like i didn't know it would be at this level yeah um the the crowd and her overness completely carried the match um were you surprised that like it seemed like red Velvet was a person calling the match throughout the match even i didn't okay yeah, I, I noticed that she was one, like, basically giving instruction or whatever else. But, um, yeah, layout of the match works all right until they start going to commercial break. And then, like, they bring up Rebel to start cheating and stuff. And it's like, well, she's the biggest baby face in the world. Why Why do you need to do that? Like, I feel like we're at a point now to where they need to cut the shit and just, like, make just she's a baby face now. Like, if you feel like, well, that's what got her over. Therefore, we need to keep continue to have her cheat. Then it's like, so what, what are the what are her opponents going to do then? Yeah, uh, I think this is why the post-match, uh, I think this is why Jamie Hayter is going to be here. And she's awesome, but like, if you introduce her as like very aggressive, she'll keep Brit heel long enough to either turn on her eventually or whatever. But um, uh, Brit ended up getting the win after like a struggle with the, uh, the broken wrist, uh, well, flipped it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the... Uh, left uh, hand the, the free hand and um did that like did a lot of cool near falls at the end so i probably said like three three and a quarter if i was in a very good mood um after the match uh stat lenders ringside the whole time jumps in after brit keeps uh you know beating red velvet's ass gives her the stomp on the belt just to let you know she's evil um <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd's loving it. Like, when they yeah. threw out uh, Rubble for cheating, the crowd booed, booed vociferously. And I was like, why are y'all fighting this? Just just, just let the crowd love her. They Because they're going to do it regardless. Yeah. Um, then 
uh, Jamie Hader came out completely rebuilt uh, physique and face and everything. Like, well, not surgery, but uh, like, yeah, different hair and like, you know, worked out so much. It's changed her facial structure. Um, she posted a, a photo immediately after like showing the guns and she's the gun show out here. Um, but yeah, she jumps on Statlander. She's probably going to be Brit's new heater. Uh, I think she's going to eventually start bullying. There's going to be some type of tension between Rebel and Jamie Hayter. Uh, Britt may not see it. She or she may see it. I'm projecting longer down the road. But mm-hmm. Jamie Hayter, uh, tell us about Jamie Hayter or tell those that don't know about Jamie Hayter what she brings to the table. Um, power wrestler. Uh, well, at least, at least speaking from stardom, when she was like one of the biggest women in, on the roster, uh, given that she's like five, six ish, or whatever else, like power wrestler, throws Larry's forearms, suplexes, uh, Ushigaroshi's, um, sliding D's, that that kind of stuff. Runs runs the ropes very well uh, for her size. Um, always looks athletic in the ring. Um, uh, and can put matches together pretty well. Uh, work work well with like pretty much one of those people that were in stardom where like you see the guys and you see like the younger girls and you wonder like all right how are they gonna catch up and over time she was one of those people where in tag match she's always busted her ass which is saying something considering like stardom is one of those go hard hard promotions where there's like 25, 26 people on the roster there might be three people that don't bust her ass on every single night. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, I, I, um, I, you know, given what I've seen of her, the little that I've seen of her in the UK, um, she's a very good promo. Um, when she was in stardom, cutting English promos, she was the only good, consistent English promo. B was not a good English promo. Um, neither was Tony Storm, but look where Tony Storm has done since she's came over to, over stateside for NXT. So, um, there's, like, she's already had that. So, um, as far as gets around the world, like, I'm glad she's in AEW. I'm, I kind of, it, it's bittersweet because I thought she was always coming back to stardom, and I always wanted to see her in a in, in a big spot, like you know, top of the card in a red belt, white belt match. It just never happened for her, but um, you know, uh, unfinished business. It is what it is. But um, she's going to do she's going to do very good in, or do very well in uh, AEW. She's going to be somewhere over time in the top of the card, barring you know something weird happening. Tony Khan in that division. Keep, keep up the good work. One less for NXT UK. <laughs> so <clears throat> um, we also had Dynamite uh, in Pittsburgh as well. Um, this was the Warlow Jericho in the main event, but the opening match uh, was the Elite uh, Young Bucks of Kenny Omega against Dante Martin, Mike, and Matt Seidel. And this was awesome. Uh, pretty much like any Elite Six Man lightning speed and then Dante Martin decided like this was the Dante Martin show uh the Dante Martin experience the Dante Martin uh all-star special extravaganza however you want to uh term this here they gave him tons of near falls and you know what this felt like to me this felt like uh, somebody about to get eliminated from a Royal Rumble or or (laughs) sent to hell in a ladder match or something not quite that okay Um, like the main event of All In, uh, I always kind of reference this when I when I see this happen. But Bandito, they knew, yep, like okay. they knew they was like, all right, Bandino, you getting pinned, so we about to make you look like a goddamn star. Like we're gonna do all your damn spots, and then we are gonna beat you. So 
<clears throat> but yeah, they they did that for Dante Martin. Had the crowd going nuts. This is a young man who comes out there, uh, drops a knee. This man puts his fist in the air like John Carlos. He's wearing an unmissable Black Lives Matter um, uh, thing on his arm, and this man has arenas full of white people cheering him. Like this is a this is a superstar possibly in the making. And then when his brother comes back, like hey, for real, he's twenty. Dom Mysterio is twenty six or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, twenty four. Who knows? Um, but yeah, really enjoyed this. They killed this man with. It was like a the BTE, the, excuse me, the, the I forgot what they called it, the BTE V trigger or whatever at the end. Like that was nuts. Uh, but yeah, this was awesome. Yeah, um, great match. Don't remember much of it, but you weren't supposed to remember so much of it because so much shit happened. But remember Dante Martin just basically like having like Seth Rollins, uh, Kofi Kingston. Uh, uh, what's your boy from Street Profits? Um, Montez Ford. Montez Ford hops throughout the match and f- and then flips and whatever else. Like, yeah, man. Um, like both of them, like Dante and Darius are both like um are both awesome. But um for the time being, it's on him and like he shined. Um, like I, you know, while I've been like lamenting what has happened to to our private party with them basically turning to like just standard heels, like. I thought that the point of that was to get eventually for uh, Top Flight to then be like the new private party and fill that role that we thought they were going to fill. And, you know, obviously with um, with him hurt, like the other one has to, you know, stand up. And uh, this is going to like, I feel like you give him a run of wins and give him like one big win on Dynamite and he could ch- he could be a title challenger on TV for for Kenny and they can go out there and rip it up and Kenny can um kind of have a, s- a similar match that he had with uh Jungle Boy. Um yeah. I feel like that's all in the making over the next, you know, two months potentially. Yeah, he's got a match with uh Lee Moriarty on uh Dark this week. Uh Lee Moriarty's just I think he's debuted in PWG recently. He's one of the Standout guys on the Indies right now, so uh, looking looking forward to seeing that. Um, after they basically set up the Christian match, I already know uh, what happened there. Um, then we got uh, Darby Allen versus Daniel Garcia. This was uh, one about ten minutes. Crowd went ape shit for Darby Allen, of course. Um, the one man you don't have to worry about him, you know, g- cooling off or getting less over. Um, so. TK uh, sees the chemistry between uh, Darby Allen and Daniel Garcia from the six man. He likes it, likes that. He knows he's just like us. Books the match the next week. Um, I always love Darby Allen TV matches. Love seeing the coffin drop. Um, there was like an incredible. Um, actually, no, I'm thinking of, of the six man. But um, basically, they. Um, they also Excalibur told you that Daniel Garcia had did a had done six matches in the last week, including a sixty minute draw with Willer Utah, and um, forgot what promotion it, it, it was like some IWTV uh, show. Uh, but it's another case of AW acknowledging the wrestling world around uh, us, which is welcome and a change from the um, norm that WWE has put out there. And also giving him some bail if he loses and say to like, yeah, like he it went 10 minutes and Darby won because Darby's the better wrestler. But like, let's say he didn't go through the gauntlet to get to here. Maybe, 
you know, like the idea that I like the idea that anybody can win at any time while watching a match because that's kind of like sports. So, like, for me, that's cool to say that, like, look what this person has gone through a shit ton of matches. Like, oh, he lost. Uh, look what he did, even though he like he's been worn out throughout the week. Like, that's cool. Yep. Um, after that, uh, they basically set up the tag match with Darby and Sting. Uh, going to be going against 2.0 next week. So the Sting's return to TNT first time since he wrestled Ric Flair on the last Nitro. Uh, how excited are you about this, James? I didn't even realize it because I forgot all those matches have been pay-per-view. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I know what's going to happen. They finna steamroll the fuck out of them. It's going to be fun. Like, yep. that's all that matters. They finna, it'll be some stinger splashes. There's going to be some coffin drops. Uh, you know, it, it's going to, it's not going to last that long, but it's going to be fun. I have enjoyed sting so much this year. Like every small thing he does, whether he's beating his chest in slow motion with Orange Cassidy, he's fighting Scorpio Sky a bunch of times. The cinematic match they did with him, um, the actual tag match that they did, and just yeah. him and Darby like hanging out, like yeah, it just works. Um, and you know, you don't even think of him as this old guy. Like he's just like because he he looks the fucking same essentially because he's Except, you know, because you know, he you has the see, paint. Right, you can you can see you know little little parts. Of, okay, he's he's a little older right there. The hairline might move move back a little bit, but uh, largely, this man is, is still Sting. This is still a superstar guy that or a guy that's been a superstar for thirty years. So um, after that, they set up um, Penta uh, or excuse me, there was a Penta Penta and Alex Abrahanes interview. Uh, Penta said he wants a match with Andrade, and then Pac said, nah, let me worry about that. Y'all focus on winning the tag team titles. Um, Ding, ding, ding. Um, So they set up Penta versus Pac at, or excuse me, Pac versus Andrade at All Out, which would be, should be pretty good. Um, After that, we got Matt Hardy and Private Party. They defeated uh, the new best friends trio, Wheeler Utah, uh, Chuck Taylor, OC, and Lots of shit happened in this match. I have no memory of it <laughs> except the finish, like when Willer Utah got pinned. I don't even remember who won. Right, right. Just something that happened. Something. Yo. Look, y- y'all told me it happened. I, I, I'm sure, sure it did. Sure. Right, right. Uh, so after that, they got um, Orange hanging out right now. Yeah, Orange is chilling. You know. Um. After that, um, they Jack Evans actually attacked Orange Cassidy. They did tons of shit. Like so, it was just like, you know, if you remember, cool. But um, after that, we had uh, Chris Statlander and Nala Rose. This was short. Um, Stat basically countered that um, that attempted knee drop. Like she rolled back while Nyla attempted that. Uh, she won with the four fifty. Well, 451 off the top rope, uh, which was pretty cool. So Statlander showing the athleticism is there. Um, and, you know, as it leads to later in the week, this was to prep her jumping out on Brit, essentially. Looks like Statlander and uh, Brit at All Out, if I had to take a guess, which is the match that they didn't get to have uh, before Brit caught that initial injury, the broken leg. Okay. Um. 
so out in the back, uh, Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler, they were making fun of uh, Adam Page being injured. Uh, they had the basketball hoop up. Nick said he uh, basically he was going to go for a layup, and then Lucasaurus comes out of nowhere and blocks him. Uh, Jungle Boy got the ball and did a layup, and uh, Lucasaurus sets the screen and talking about not at my house. He's acting like he's Kimmy Mutombo. And Nick is yelling, that was a foul, which is funny. Um, yeah, it was it was just hilarious. Bucks being hams. But um, Red Velvet did a promo about uh, Friday, of course. Um, Britt Baker did an awesome interview here. Um, she had, like, crazy jacket. Yeah, Briz Gear this week was, like, incredible. Like, some of her best. Um, trying to think what we got next on that. Uh, after that, we heard the devil is a like, and you knew it was uh, Doc Gallows and uh, Carl Anderson time, and they retained the Impact Tag Titles with a traditional heel finish, throwing the belt in the ring. Referee looking one way, blah blah blah. But Stu Grayson did some crazy shit to start the match, of course, as he always does. Um, <clears throat> nothing really on this part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's I ain't got nothing for you. Yeah, I ain't got a really, really shit shit else either. Um, they did a Camille promo, which was like the best I've ever heard Camille like sound. Like I didn't know she talked, bro. Like her voice is like it's usually like never that like coherent or like anything. Like it's like she's someone they should like just never let talk ever. <laughs> like ever. Like <laughs> is that bad? Is that bad? Um. Wow. Because it just it doesn't line up. The voice doesn't sound right to, to match the human. Like there's a bunch of like elements at play. Is she soft spoken? I don't know. It's like it, it's weird. All uh, right. But, but All this right. was this was I think the peak of her ability. Like okay. they probably like they chopped. They had to chop this shit up like a million ways. Um. So Tony Schiavone uh, comes out. And he's with QT. QT said that um, basically Tony had it mistaken. I uh, was waiting for an apology, but um, it was like, nah, Shivani was actually going to apologize. And Tony Shivani's son is ringside. They bring him in. Nick Camaroto and Solo fuck him up. And QT punches him. They give him a diamond cutter. And then all of a sudden, Paul White comes out. So we uh, got an excuse to hear the Big Show's new song, uh, or excuse me, Paul White's new song. Uh, so it, it, I think it's the same dude that sung the other song. So it's like I forgot how this one started. It's it wasn't. Be. I could have swore it started with a well and then moved on to some other shit. It wasn't well. It, it was something else. I think it was something else. I'm not sure. I had to listen to it, but okay. Um, it, it's the same same vibe. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so he basically a white uh, blues house. Correct. Uh, White gets in there because he's Tony Schiavone's broadcast partner. Uh, he gives the choke slam to Q- QT. Um, crowd goes nuts. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know if they'll do a match. Who knows? But um, people were speculating to have uh, Anthony Gogo return uh, to fight him and knock him out with the punch versus punch deal. So. Um, God, I I don't know what to do with that. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with QT Marshall now that like this Cody thing's over with. I don't know what to do with any of that. Like, I don't know what to do with Nightmare Factory. I don't. Should they just should they just be banished to to the darks? 
you can always beat them up. World needs disc diggers. I'm saying for Dark though, like, but what about but for Dynamite? Well, they got they, they to win, win on Dark to then get put on uh, Dark or Dynamite to lose. Right, right. All right, fair enough. Um, then they showed the uh, turn where Joe Janela turned on Sunny Kiss from Dark. And I was Elevation. like, what the fuck? When did this happen? Why did this happen? Yeah, they've been teasing it for a while. Oh, um, man. So, I mean. I, ha- I had high hopes. Yep. Nothing for him there. Um, Joey Janela, man. I hope this is uh, something. He can turn this into something because it's looked bad for him for quite a while. Uh, like, it's just like he hasn't trans. Like, you would think he would be able to translate to. But it just hasn't come together for him. I think that as AEW has done more hardcore matches and he's done and he's been in less of them, then like the need for him is kind of lower. Like, you want Joey Janela to do regular matches, or do you want him to do Cracker Bro clashes? Mm-hmm. Um, in in coffin matches, like basically, like he lost his spot to Darby. Not to say that he, not to say that he was ever going to get that spot that Darby had, but like being the person to be like the baby face, crazy daredevil. It went to Darby and like he ain't never getting that spot, Jack. Yeah, it's, yeah. So um, I don't know. Like, like I don't, I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe it's a clear path for him on the hillside. I don't know. But that's like, what, that's what I was thinking. Because like you've got your Jungle Boys, your Christian Hangman, Mox, um, and really Cody, we're only talking about getting him into the mid card. That's really all we're talking about, right? And like maybe he can sneak up, like because there's a like that hillside is packed with talent too so yeah maybe it's something he can wrestle some other opponents and feel fresher the main thing is like can he be like (laughs) the gatekeeper to the u.s or not u.s the uh the tnt title can Mm -hmm. he be the gatekeeper hill where you have to if you're jungle boy you have to go with him on tv for a couple months to get through him to eventually go challenge miro something like Mm -hmm. that i think i think that's a good position for him Mm-hmm. So after that, we got um, Chris Jericho versus Wardlow. Big reaction for Jericho uh, coming out. Uh, he immediately started the match with a code breaker. Wardlow kicked out at one because that shit is soft and don't work no more. And um, <laughs> Jericho was shocked. And then we got not much after that. Wardlow pretty much dominated. Jericho looked winded. Um, yeah, this wasn't his finest hour. I cr- I cracked up and howled at the finish, though. Um, I like that. But, um, yeah, I think Jericho's belt broke, and then that caused him to fall from the powerbomb, and then Warlow picked his ass up anyway. And, um, yeah, you know. Tell us, James. He's washed, man. He's done. There's a forcing out of, out of Jericho's bag. He might be able. Let me phrase that. He might be able to put a big match together, but as hit, but like this five labors of Jericho has showcased you that him as a person that wrestles like every single week on TV, he's done. He's done in this town doing this. Like it's not there, man. Like he is there for an attraction. 
for attraction matches because he is still a great promo. He's still super over. People still view him as a legend. And I feel like this five labor thing has is, is kind of overexposed him in the ring. And like we were talking about this even during like the tail, the back half of the, uh, the back third of the, um, or back two thirds of the Orange Cassidy stuff. But like mm-hmm. once you're able to get the, the, Pinnacle versus Inner Circle stuff, he was able to be hidden because it's all faction stuff. And he can still, he's still perfectly fine in that regard. But as singles matches by himself, he can't get the job done more times than not anymore. He just can't. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough to to see that because Chris Jericho has literally been one of the great workers of our lifetime. Yeah. Uh, the last 25, 27 years, 30 years, uh, pretty much. And he's, uh, I think in the right situation, he's good, but the right situation is coming up less frequently. Right. Um, so he's not going to be always in there with, with Kenny. He's not going to be in there with, uh, with Mox, uh, the, the top end of the card. I, I think he's finished, uh, uh, as far as that, uh, would, would go. They, they have him with MJF and we know MJF can do pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it's a it's a sign that they're pulling them from pay per view. Where who knows if it was ever on the pay per view, but mm-hmm. they're doing it on TV um, here. And I'm interested to see if he gets the win um, over MJF. Now, uh, I don't think he will. Um, they've got him. Uh, they've got a weird stipulation. They're going to have no Judas next week, um, and then no Judas effect. So, I don't know what, what's going to happen here, but. Um, I really enjoyed the Nick Gage uh, match, the Sean Spears match. I thought overachieved as well. It did. Um, the I forgot the third one. Hoovy uh, match was third, his fault. Third was Hoovy. Yeah, third third was the Hoovy match, and I thought parts of that were good, and the finish was exciting. Warlow match just wasn't good. Don't put that on Warlow at all. Um, and then MJF. So I think he's he's wrestling for the storyline at this point. Like if he can get a good match here. I think you got to call it a, a dub for him, but if it could all fall apart right here. Yeah, I, I mean, either way, the crowd's into into this regardless of whether or not the match quality, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but just for me watching, just like Jericho got maybe like one title challenge in him, and he and after that, like he needs to move on to like the commentary booth. Like, so. Uh, you know, it was a three-year contract. I think that runs out what the beginning of next year. Yeah. Um. You know, like try and get one. Try if I were them, and we were talking about this before. Like, you get him like one last uh, match against Kenny, the, the rubber match. Um, mm-hmm. on pay per view, get the buy rate out of that for the title. The the role versus the the roles are reversed now. Like Jericho's baby face. He those last legs might 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 even want to make it a retirement match. It depends how you want to do it, but like get that one last match, get that gate, and get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> you keep you keep this up, we gonna start talking about him like he's Undertaker or Triple H. You keep yeah, this up, like like it, it don't take much like to get into the Undertaker uh, level. Um, especially because like, once it go, it's only gonna get worse and worse and worse. And then people gonna remember like, damn, bro, he been he been at this level for a minute now, and it's yeah. been you can honestly say it's been like this for like ten months now or something like that. So, you know, yeah. unless he wants to like hop in the tags with with uh with with uh, Sammy or whatever else, cool. But as a single, 
I think we're done with singles. I think we're done with singles. Yeah, sobering. Um, but yeah, so that was that was a uh, AW pretty much. But um, yeah, the another show uh, this weekend, Triple Mania. So this damn show. Every year I make sure to watch Triple Mania because, quite frankly, you never know what you're gonna see. And we saw some shit that we didn't expect to see uh, on this show. It wasn't the greatest show in the world. It was like mid tier overall, I would say. Um, I, I actually liked Triple Mania last year a lot more. Uh, yeah, it was an empty building or whatever, but uh, they did have fans this time. And, you know, it's the fucking Wild West, uh, AAA. <laughs> so uh, let's just go through it here. So we started um, with the uh, the Battle Royal kind of. Mr. Iguana got the win over Drago, who looks like the Wishmaster. Uh, look it up. Uh, Mr. C's, Carta Brava, Aramis, Nino Hamburguesa. Uh, who freaking Mike from the uh, Levitar show said that was new favorite wrestler, I believe. Um, Hamburguesa? Yes. Of um, course. Are we going to get a Hamburguesa versus uh, World Famous CB? Who? Cheeseburger. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, it's... it's it's hamburger versus cheeseburger. The fuck, like you know, no one saw this match for me. There's no I, way no one saw this match for me. I, I didn't think of it, but um, creative mind, right there. I mean, not no one saw. It. I mean, there's no way. <laughs> no, I'm gonna phrase that. I don't mean. There's no way that no one has thought of this match before me. Someone has thought this before. I had to. Somebody has watched AAA and saw that, and then like, oh yeah, like big guy versus. Skinny guy, they both have the same name, they're both crowd favorites, doing comedy stuff or whatever else. Put them in a match, like somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, I mean, ROH is always linked with CMLL, so I don't know. Good point, never mind. The poli- <coughs> the politics of Mexican wrestling, thank you. Yep. Mo- Mocha, Moco Coda, Pimpinella, Viano 3 Jr., uh, Mamba, or Arganis, and yeah. It's called the Copa Bardal. So, Mr. Iguana was awesome, but yes. this this shit was a struggle. The, this shit was hilarious. They were not fucking around with them interests. Like, once someone got into the ring, you had 45 seconds to get in, do your shit, and then time for the next person to come in. And I gotta say, I like this a lot more than how they handled that stardom battle royal back in uh, back in Budokan Hall in March, because... <laughs> They was out here. The interest, interest music was out here, waiting for the beat to build for Yoko Beto. It took like fifty seconds. The next thing you know, she comes out. She's halfway up the ramp, and then the next music starting off. So they're 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 doing it way better. I feel like the perfect way to do it is how Vince Vince does a rumble. But if there's alternative, it is it is triple A. Get in, get your shit, and then and then we're and then we're moving on quickly. Right. Um. And after that, we had Team Lenata America defeated Team Terra Purpura, and this was the Marvel match. Um, yeah, man, this was. I don't know how. To- this is the second year in a row they've done one of these matches that I remember, and I still don't know how they don't get sued. They got they got Brian Cage dressed as Thanos. <laughs> they got Vikingo dressed as Spider Man. Um, People working twice on this show. Yeah. Um, you know, people dressed up as Captain Marvel. People dressed up as Jessica Drew, Spider Woman. Um, there was a Captain America. Uh, have you figured out who Captain America was yet, Rich? Captain America. That's what you thought was Daga. Finished. It might have been Daga. Yeah, I, I'm not sure who it was. Okay. Yeah, man. <clears throat> um, just it's a fun little match. Yeah. You know. Um, 
Like, I will say this though. I'm sure I'm sure like, you know, how many times Cage actually goes to Mexico. I guarantee you he loves it because like he gets to be like he always is big man because he is big man. But they, but he also gets to be big and tall man when he goes to Mexico and he like he gets to tower over people and just be hulking presence. And then yeah. also I forgot about it. They had on the baby face side they had a running a running baby face run in from the Incredible Hulk went face to face with with Brian Cage who's Thanos. I'm just thinking to myself like. I saw I saw that movie. Thanos whooped Hulk's ass. Why are they going face to face and just turn each other off? And then it ended up being two on three on the back end. What they face to face and the baby faces won while cheating. I, whatever. Mexican wrestling, they don't give a fuck. They don't care about about none of that shit making sense. You try to. You, it's for you to make sense. It's really just to pop you. That's all you, it's for. You figure it out. Um, so, question from uh, Bruce. He says, if Vince ever saw the Lucha Libre Marvel Edition wrestlers and thought, hey, there's money to be made here, who would he mask up to play some of the roles of the heroes and villains? Well, uh, I think he would bring Nikki almost a superhero in there, <laughs> seeing as how he's already doing that. I mean, seeing that they did uh, Stardust versus, uh, <laughs> with, with, you know, Stardust versus uh, Neville. Uh, and the yeah. superhero shit back then, like in 2016 or whatever else, like they, they look, they've done that before. They, they've tried it before. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, people he would suit up, I think he would put Jackson Riker in there just because he's huge. Um, I think, and I don't know all the characters and all that uh, for the Marvel stuff, Bruce, mm-hmm. but somebody would, he'd be. He'd be somebody that's big. Uh, Ricochet, he would definitely make Spider-Man. Um, well, I mean, he's already been Spider-Man. On, he's already dressed up as Spider-Man before uh, for uh, WWE. So. Yeah. He's done the super the hero thing, too. Yeah. Um, man, this is a lot more common than um, than, than we think, apparently. Well, um, I mean, you just got to put a mask on him. Right, right. So, so who are who are some of the other uh, Marvel characters? Like, who, who would be low-key, James? Who would be low-key? You you always bring him up, an asshole. Um, let's see, who would be a jerk that was a scrawny, skinny jerk? I mean, Seth Rollins would make a good uh, uh, Loki. I was gonna offer Ziggler, but that works also. Well, the dark hair is more the thing that makes me think of it. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I mean, there. <sighs> Obviously, you know, Roman Reigns would make a great Thor. Big, okay. muscly, long hair. McIntyre make a great Thor as well. Um, McIntyre already has his own weapon. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, trying to what, think. What kind of weapon did Thor have? It was Th- a hammer. Thor has right? a gigantic hammer. Okay, I'm so not even gonna. I'm not gonna give. I'm, I know the name of it is called, but I'm not even gonna get into it because be like, what the hell is Mule? What the hell is Mjolnir? Doesn't matter. It's a gigantic hammer. It's a hammer. So, so yeah. basically, uh, the WWE version would be them just switching it up enough where Drew has a sword instead of a hammer. I mean, or it could just be a gigantic mallet. God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. And, and then you talk about, uh, well, that's not Marvel, but that's Image Comics. Like, The Fiend is just the violator from Spawn. Mm. Let's see. Um... <laughs> CM Punk will be Wolverine. Yes, that people that have been making that joke for a decade or close to a decade now. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther. He, he can be Cedric Alexander since he's dressed up as Black Panther before. Yes, he has. Um, 
and as has uh, me and him. How about Professor X? Okay, so any bald guy, any bald white guy. Uh, Baron Corbin. <laughs> uh, no, well, seeing that he's British, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, I'm going to say Danny Birch. <laughs> that works. <laughs> how about uh, how about the Human Torch? Johnny Storm. Um, Look, we could almost say Bray Wyatt for that one too. Cause they lit him on fire. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I'm Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler would have made a great Johnny Storm. A p- peak Ziggler, like 2000, early 2010 Ziggler would have made an amazing, amazing uh, Johnny Storm. Because like, all you gotta think of when you think of Johnny Storm is think of like Maverick from Top Gun. Captain America. Ooh. Um. John Cena, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah, sure. Why not? How about the Hulk? Oh, any Strowman? Yeah, say Strowman. Strowman. How about? Even though he's not with the company right now, but yeah, yeah right. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the rest. Jean Grey. Uh, I mean, the only redhead that's in the company right now that I can think of would be Becky, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so. I mean, I mean yeah. I'm not about. To, well, what's name has pink hair now? Uh, even Marie, so I'm not even gonna do that. But yeah, I would, for lack of of just, uh, I, I would guess you have to go with Becky Lynch, even though she's not Brit or the accent is different, but whatever. Give you one more. Who is going to be the Silver Surfer and not Max B? <laughs> God damn it! Was this actually in the thing, or did you just pull this out your ass? I I, I just put up a list. Oh, okay, Silver Surfer uh, on there. Yeah, man, Silver Surfer is hard to Silver Surfer. The way, the way they explain it is there is a uh, planet destroying type of god in the in the universe uh, that comes and eats planets. The dude mm-hmm. said. I will be your I will be your herald. I will work for you if you save my planet. And the 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 god says you'll be my you will now be my person that goes out for the rest of eternity that goes that goes and surfs the galaxy and finds plans for me to eat. That is Silver Surfer. Um and he has mind wiped along the way. Uh but while making him uh his his uh his person to go survey the landscape of the world or the galaxy to uh to find planets he, he gives them part of his power and the power is called power cosmic so he can do all types of incredible things um i mean i'm trying to think of someone that, that noble i don't know xavier xavier woods sure, sure why make not xavier, yeah make xavier woods silver surfer why not make <laughs> all him- right hopefully that uh answer your question bruce um so we had Deanna Perrazzo against Fabio Apache for the Reina de Reina's title. Um, me, this was kind of a nothing match. Like there was a lot of hero ref shenanigans here. Uh, apparently the Apaches and um, the heel refs have had a rivalry for generations. So there's Torantes and Torantes Jr., who's the heel ref. Yes, they have juniors and the referees uh, on you boys. But um, yeah. Fabio Pachi was pretty aggressive on the match, as to be expected. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo kind of just showed up. I don't know if she really knew what was going on, but... Um, she looked like she was included in anything that was happening. 
Yeah. And like she was like it like she went there in good faith with open mind and they kept doing stuff that she was completely not clued in on and she was just basically there to deal with the fallout. And I can't blame her for that because like if I was she was a fish out of water and she like that was their world. She was just trying to live in and trying to get in where she fit in and she got the fuck out of there and like that's best you could ask for her in that situation because they was doing a bunch of shit that was like I don't know I don't know why they decided to bring Diana Perrazzo in for that. Like yeah. I thought we were, I thought we were coming in here for for for, for technical wrestling proficiency. That that was not what happened. No. Was, there's a bunch of shenanigans. No. Uh, up next, we had a triple A tag team title match. Uh, Phoenix of Pentagon uh, defeated uh, El he or excuse me, Ijo del Vikingo, uh, Laredo Kid, and Taurus and Brian Cage, who was a mystery partner. This was a blast. Yeah. Um, gotta say, like. For people that talk about uh, Lucha and when it's bad, it's bad, and it absolutely is. But when it's good, you can just shut your your fucking mind off and watch the laser show and the fireworks, and that was that was a blast to watch. Um, I like this a lot more than other people see, uh, than what I saw other people giving it um, online. So this kind of surprised me. Like I gave that shit four and a half, and I was like, I had a blast watching it. Just had a blast. Just they were great. And one thing I will say that for people that did not like this show that much, I can understand because the camera cuts on this show were like atrocious. Oh, not even Kevin on his worst day has been this bad. Yeah, well, it was I, just saying something because like that's a dude that weird cut angles like thirty times in thirty seconds on a beatdown on, on a stomping beatdown. It's like they'll pull the camera out too far. They'll zoom it in too close. They'll cut the camera to the side like it's and then back to that straightaway angle they had where uh, you had mentioned that it looked like they were just trying to get the sponsor uh, in the camera shot. So it was just it, it was a it was a difficult watch uh, most yeah. of the night. And it was not and like came out, this is my third time watching uh, my third straight triple media. I never had this kind of issue with the camera direction before. Yeah. But this was like, excuse me. Um, this was uh, goddamn insane. Uh, Phoenix and Pentagon keep their belts that they won back in 2019. 19, yeah. No one said a word about this, James. No. Um, no. Which we'll get to later. Um, so after that, we had uh, La Impresa. So that's, uh, or excuse me, before that, um, there was like a, uh, a group that came from CMLL, uh, which is called NGD. And apparently they um, are three of the 10 biggest stars in CMLL, all main eventers, all heels, uh, all under 30, I believe. And they defected to um, AAA from CMLL. They main evented the Friday night show for CMLL last week. And they added on to the La Impresa, who apparently were already invaders from CMLL. So they're linking up on some NWO shit and they took on Pagano murder clown and Chessman. And if that sounds familiar to at all, Pagano and Chessman were the main event last year and they beat the holy shit out of each other last year. So the whole thing was like, can these people get along uh, that normally hate each other? And murder clown was in there. You know, Um, this was like some of the sloppiest street fight action. Just like what the fuck is happening here? Mindless bullshit. You'll ever see. Uh, Yeah. Just full of fuck shit. I have nothing to add. Yep. We'll get to uh, the next next match. Kenny Omega versus Andrade for the AAA Mega Championship. Man, um, I've been seeing a lot of... I, I, I guess we're on a we're on an island on this one, James. I really like this match. I really liked it, too. 
Um, and the the simple basic story of the match is Kenny Omega does something in Andrade follows it up by doing his his basic like counterpart like move of it like V you hit me with V triggers I hit you with the double knees in the corner. Um, you do a headlock takedown, I do a headlock takedown. And it kept progressing throughout the whole entire match. And, like, I thought that, uh, I really enjoyed the match. And I thought they sold, and Andrade sold really well, worked from underneath for, for, for a good chunk of the match. And then, all of a sudden, like, then Rick got, Rick Flair came out, who was his, um, guest. I, I totally forgot that. <laughs> yeah, came out. Like, apparently, that's his first time ever, like, showing up in a Mexican, at a Mexican, uh, show, uh, like, or since, like, the 80s or something. Um, and yeah, like he came out and he uh, he got in the ring when there were shenanigans were afoot, and he him and um, Andrade threw you know uh, chop took turns taking chops on Omega, and like I and then Conan got in the ring and um, Conan ended up getting put in a figure four while Andrade put um, or by Ric Flair while Andrade put. Uh, Omega in the figure four, and then at the end, um, Omega ended up winning after after with some nonsense with a belt shot or, or dropping um, Andrade on the on the uh, the belt one with the angel, one wing angel. Yeah. And I thought like I thought it was a I thought it was a damn good match. I ended up giving it four flat stars or whatever. So I don't I I don't know uh, people. Uh, I saw a lot of people. Actually, no, I gave it four and a quarter. I take that back. Um, and I, and I saw people like they. Thought that this match was not that good. I'm like, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I enjoyed it. I thought they told a good story. I thought the finish was lame. But if, if you hate the finish that much, I could see you knocking it down a peg. But like I don't, get, I don't like, get how people didn't think this was a very good match at all. I, I don't <clears throat> I don't get that at all. Like, if you have Ric Flair there, I think you have to use him. Um just saying like it's kind of been like the rule for like the last 45 years in wrestling like uh like it's kind of the the thing to do but um yeah i thought this was um it felt they have a better match sure yes yes they definitely have a better match in them yeah um i think people wanted that that five-star match and they didn't get that and i i get it um but were they ever gonna were they ever gonna get it here not with these elements in play. Like they had a whole entertainment portion of the match to work in. Um, and I, I gotta say, I can't really be that upset about it because like they showed us plenty of good wrestling. I thought in the first half of the match, a lot of people were disagreeing. A lot of people saying it was slow. It was all this. I was like, I don't understand. Like, I thought it was well. I thought it was well paced compared to to a normal match. Like if you're saying it's it's slow paced for Lucha, eh? Because like I, I mean, a lot of a lot of the pacing in Lucha is big move, sell forever, get up, big move, sell forever. Um, so like I didn't think that it was that out of place. Like if is it out of place compared to like the three way tag match? In pacing, yeah, sure, but it's like they built it like it was a title match. Yeah, like it was, like it felt like they were going longer than they went. Yeah, maybe that was the part where like they wouldn't have the crescendo to you expected of like you know, you know, the crazy finishing sweep. Yeah, like and if if that's the case, then sure, but it's like I mean, it he doesn't like Kenny Omega doesn't really fucking do that anymore in these since he's turned heel. So it's like. I don't see how that's that much different from like the Jungle Boy match or. 
uh, obviously it's not the Phoenix match. It's clearly not the Phoenix match. I'm not saying that, but it's like I thought this was in line with like his low four star title stuff he's done this year. Yeah, and and it's Andrade's best match by far since, and, and it made Andrade look like he's not like this liability who's coasting on his name um, anymore. Because there was a lot of uh, a, a lot out there about Andrade about that. Because at a bad match, I think it was uh, Laredo Kid somewhere. Um, there was another. There was the Matt Sidell match, which didn't light the world on fire. Um, and that's true. He's and he's been limited, and like they've kept him like well protected. So between mm-hmm. this and then wrestling pack, there's like no excuses. So yeah. I thought he came to wrestle like he was fine. He felt like I was watching the dude we knew. Right. Um, so I don't know. I thought it was cool, and it was like 24 hours after the fucking Pittsburgh match. So uh, Kenny had to get his ass on the plane to fucking Mexico uh, to show up there and do that. So uh, maybe it's a uh, the travel schedule is getting to him. Um, but you know, I thought what, it was. What uh, city were they in? They. Ooh, I did not look that up. Hold on, let me see. They were in Mexico City, actually. Well, that's man. like deep into Mexico. Not even that. Like the elevation. Yeah. Like that's like that's like second out of a bat to back in Denver or Utah. Yeah. That will eat your ass up. How's Kenny? Thirty what? 37, I believe. 37. Like, Kenny's a great athlete. He's not no damn NBA athlete. <laughs> so, like, whatever. Like, they had a... I thought they had a great match. Um, in like, whatever. I enjoyed yeah. the shit out of the match. Um, did I think it was, like, their best? No. Do I think they have better matches in them? Yes, lots of them. I think we'll eventually get one, and then people will relax. Yeah. Maybe I'm being too nice this week. I don't know. <laughs> um, so... There was a story that broke that said originally Andrade was supposed to win the championship here, but AW asked them to hold off on that for the time being. This apparently sent everyone into uproar. And by everyone, I mean the people that, A, don't watch AAA, the ones that, A, probably didn't watch the show, um, <laughs> B, the any anytime Kenny Omega defends the AAA belt or when the Young Bucks won the tag team belts like all the same stuff uh popped up so a lot of this stuff is like low-hanging stuff that we can easily swat down that's put it out in bad faith um but yeah it's it's like okay so like you care more about the championships than the promotion or the fans do well, it's, it's really simple if the title had changed hand it would have moved off of an aw guy to another aew guy yes like if you're so if your perspective is you know the 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 political the political working of uh, Kenny Omega and Tony Khan to to uh, run a sham or run a scam over the entire uh, wrestling or uh, world as opposed to WWE except for WWE then I guess maybe sure um, or not like if if that's what you're looking for, if that's what you're looking to say well I just saw this man just you know he lost to Christian. Well, I guess you say it's another AEW guy. I don't know, but it's like it, the people he would be losing to would be AEW guys as well. So, like, what are you saying? Like, is it only for Kenny, or, or, is, it, or, is, it, or is it like all just Tony Khan's even Machiavellian's plot? Uh, you know, I don't uh, know. You know, Pentagon of Phoenix been Triple A tag team champions. AEW uh, guys though, Rich. Yeah, AEW longer. Guys. You know, longer than Kenny has had that belt, and I don't hear people about them yeah. needing to come off the belts. Yeah. Um. 
let's see. So I was happy because he keeps to get keep going there because I still want to see the Vikingo match. Right. I want him to wrestle Psycho Clown. Uh, oh, nobody Psycho Clown stuff. But like, you you know more than I do. But like uh, Vikingo matches were like is is where I'm at. Yes, Vikingo definitely. Psycho Clown, uh, maybe. Um, no. So has there been a Pentagon match? No. Okay. Yeah, so those would be two I'd be looking forward to um, if they if they do them. But um, yeah, man, like saw, yeah, like people got to stop the you know when the, when the elite does it is bad. Like it's it's like I know they I know I know they like what would y'all do without them? Then y'all wouldn't have nobody to to really like get upset with like this. Like you know like what like what is it, man? Like just let the hate go, man. That's what that's what I'm telling y'all to do. Y'all only hurting yourselves. Y'all only making your Twitter timeline miserable for 24 hours. Like you can just like totally skip this and not care. Just like AAA cares about the Triple A mega title. Not at all. You 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 could skip this, but this has to be a source of outrage. So I get it. I understand the grift. I mean, uh, I I I I don't know. Like what I thought Andrade was going to win, but he didn't. Um, so I'm assuming that means he's going to be pop. Yeah, okay, I would sorry. think I, th- I I would think he's going to beat beat Pack. Um, but yeah, after that we got the main event: Mass versus Hair, Psycho Clown, Psycho Loco, Psycho Clown against Ray Scorpion. We call it. Or I was telling James, I was like, "There's no way, fuck, Ray Scorpion is about to win," uh, because Psycho Clown is his dad just died, and he's not losing no fucking Mass versus Hair match to this old dude or whatever that's dressed like you know uh, a cosplay member of the Shield. So. Uh, I'll say this for Ray Scorpion, he pretty much took every like they got all the heat on in the world on Psycho Clown. Like if Hogan was a luchador in the '80s, this is how they would have done it. Um, this man Psycho Clown comes out with his kids. He has a woman with him who I'm presumed is his wife or a significant other or somehow. He's wearing his dad's Super Porky's jacket, and he's uh. You know, they do like a ceremony for him. This dude, Ray Scorpion, says, fuck all that shit. Blast him over the head with a weapon. Breaks up the ceremony. They're putting him through tables. They're fighting all over the building. Um, they're bleeding. He's ripping the mask up. Uh, there's people with Ray Scorpion that are getting involved. There's a heel. Actually, no, there's no heel ref in this one. Um they had the woman that came out with Psycho Clown turned on him. It was just all the absurdness and wildness that you would expect in any AAA main event. Like the last three years, like or there was one year it was like uh, a four way cage match, and then the last two had to wrestle, and then the that person had to unmask. That match was fucking batshit insane too. That's like when I first started watching AAA, and it was like. Um, I think that was when Phantasma unmasked and it was like uh, all the hill referee shenanigans and all that bullshit. But Psycho Clown got turned on by his own woman, still persevered. Uh, this was fucking crazy. And I liked it by the end because it was just a fucking wild brawl spectacle. I, 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 it, it was, I don't know what the hell to say about this match. It was everything. It was everything, and, I, and good and bad. I, 
I will never watch this match again under any circumstances. Like, in fact, like if you want to annoy me, you would like force me to watch it again. But like, I, it was just, it was a lot, a whole lot. Yeah, I don't know if it necessarily meant to be good, but it was a spectacle, as you said. And like, nothing made sense. Nothing was meant to make sense. Everything was there just to pop you and overwhelm your sensory, uh, your sense, your senses. Uh, and maybe for a lot of people, I'm sure it did, but for me, it didn't because I wasn't invested. Maybe if I was invested, it would have worked. But I was just sitting there like, this is ridiculous. Like, I even called the spot I, beforehand. Like, I called a spot where like his, uh, his, this, the, the woman was going to turn on him, and I was like, Yo. I can't believe she turned on him isn't that isn't that the mother of his kids like and then like and then but what i will say is this the, the 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 craziness of this guy with this evil demented looking clown mask coming down to the ring with his two kids with that look like minis that they look like little baby jokers with this with big joker like the dc villain batman's nemesis coming down to the ring and they're and then that by the time they had won or uh cycle clown had won the match the he has his half torn mask. He's dancing in the ring. His kids are in the ring. They got and they're dancing too. And I'm just like, this is absurd. And confetti's falling. And I'm just like, I don't get this, but like, this has to be like the, 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 the but it went on last and like the crowd's happy and like that's ultimately what wrestling's supposed to be about is like. So I was like, whatever. It, it succeeded, but like I can't bro, give this one match. I don't know what the fuck to give this. Bro, I, I, I had it, no idea. I can give this shit once. I can give this shit one and a half star and move on with my day. But like, but that was what it was for. It wasn't the objective, right? It wasn't a work rate match. It wasn't. It, 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 no one's out here trying to sell passion and a hold and desperation. People just hit each other with shit and, bro, and mutilation and and, and crazy bro, shit happening. man. He was stabbing this man in the head like yeah. they were they were breaking open the, the lucha mask to ble- to bleed yeah uh, on you boys um but they ended up cutting Red Scorpion's hair and um he and they actually, botched it they botched yeah. it at first like they brought in I believe his daughter his like teenage daughter or your preteen age daughter to cut his hair and she didn't know where to cut it so then the ref then like lost his lost his uh his nerve and like tried to. Cause his hair is bunched up to like a top ponytail, and um, he went to try to just because it's long hair. And he he went to try to like use the the you know um, cordless uh, clippers to try to cut through that hair, and it's like nah, you got to cut it down first. And it got ended up getting caught. So then they had to go get uh, a stronger pair of uh, scissors to cut through it, and they basically cut this man's hair with with scissors. They even shave it. I was like. Whatever, and at the end of the match, they shook hands after going through all that. After he ran yeah. out of his dad, before they went through through this death match, and his wife turns on him, and his wife's up the, halfway up the ramp. Just I can't believe that she turned on 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 uh on Psycho Cloud. Psycho Cloud still fucking one. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself like, did she turn to him because she's like, I'm tired of you living this life. You need to come. You need to come home. Help, help me raise these damn kids. And and she just she just. I, She's up the ramp the whole time for like forty minutes, making the same face. Like I can't believe this fucker one that I screwed him. How? What are we gonna do when we get home now? Like, right. what is the home segment like? Like, do we need? To, and then it's like myself. Like, this shit won't even matter by the time you do the next show because they just did the shit just to do it. So whatever. Yep. Like, triple mania. Absolutely nope. nuts. It's a spectacle. Yes, it's nuts. This like, is what I will say, right? If WWE put on a show like this, they will be fucking destroyed. Oh yes! Oh my oh, God! Yes. They buried under the earth, like, tr- like AAA is like, like the crazier it gets, like the more you like it. Like that's 
That's for me at least. I have low, no low investment. Low look, investment. I have no. I have no expectations. No None. expectation. Like, no investment. Like, yep. Like I, I watch the flips. I see the masks. I listen to Hugo Zavinovich. Uh, yeah, you know, Brutal, and then that's it. That's it. You know. Yeah. Low standards. You know. Uh, but bring that across the border. No. Then the then the guard goes up. You know. But um. It, you bro, know. can you imagine that if, that if that shit was on American cable? Woo! We would tear that shit to bits. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, we 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 be like. We would be saying all types of stuff that that would just be like uncomfortable about how like this is what y'all do with y'all wrestling, and then like the rest, then we, then we start talking, take out the words talking about wrestling, and we're talking about like we we would be making all types of assumptions. And it's like nah, man, like nah, it's just a stupid wrestling show. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess there's only one thing left to do, James. What's that? Hit the music. <laughs> So I see you switched up the uh, switched up the cadence. Uh, so I don't know where exactly we start. So we we uh, we watched the main events from um, the f- second weekend of the Grand Prix. So just to catch you up to speed, I guess we'll go. I'll quickly go through the undercard stuff from that. Um, Tam ended up beating uh, uh, Roaka. I ended up giving that two and a half stars. Uh, Saki rolled up Julia. Um, good match. Got better and strong, uh, a lot stronger towards the end. I ended up going um, three and a quarter. I see a lot of people gave it a three and a half, but I, I'm, that's where I'm keeping it. Utami Unagi. Uh, they had a, their match was. I ended up giving it three and a half stars. Unagi is can be very good if she if she just gets the shit beat out of her and she basically fights from underneath, like very much like Yoshihashi. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we saw that main event of Zumi versus Sure. We talked. We gushed about that last week. Um, uh, the eight eight show in Osaka as well. Uh, Mike ended up being uh, Roka. I ended up giving that two and two quarter, two and a quarter. Um, Mina ended up being Saki. Um, ended up getting that three flat. Uh, Mina ended up winning with uh, her uh, the the cribbed uh, Milano Collection AT old roll up that she now uses. She calls it the the Mina Collection or the mm-hmm. Mina Collection AT or something like that. Um, then they did Kid versus Nasapoi, a preview for their uh, high speed match that will be that was uh, scheduled to be I think this weekend before the match the shows got canceled. Um, they had been they had been talking about this before uh, Nasapoi got hurt before they brought uh, Starlight Kid over to uh, Oedotai. So they've been building this for a while. So it was like all right, they had a match, good match, and then they end on a double countout from. Both of them end up outside the ring. One's trying to get in the ring, and then like uh, Oedo Tai st- tries to stop uh, the Oedo Tai goons on the ringside try to stop, and then Oedo Tai and Dom Mondo are fighting ringside, and then people are doing dives on each other off the apron, and then one one tries to get in, the other one stops the other, the other one tries to get in, the other one stops, and it gets a twenty count double count out, and the real match you actually get the finish. Um, whenever they have the match, who knows what it will be, but I was furious when I saw this finish. I was like, 
this is what y'all do. Y'all couldn't just do a stupid DQ to get the fuck out of there. Oh, it'll tie. Whatever. Um, then he had to get the points away. Whatever. I don't know. Um, so they both get a one point for that. They deserve no points for that, but whatever. Uh, then, uh, then the main event is Kamatani versus Tam. We, we talked about that match and gushed by the last week. Uh, uh, so, um, that brings us up to the stuff we, you actually, we actually watched together, um, before Triple Mania started. So, uh, first match, uh, Konami versus, uh, Unagi, and this match starts off with Unagi, um, I, I think this is playing off of their trios match, um, where they put six people from the blue block, uh, and separated them into a trios, so they had, uh, at that Corkin Hall, they had Konami, Shuri, and and uh, Unagi together versus I believe it was Micah, Tam, and it might have been Kamatani. And the whole match was basically like Konami and Shuri with their bond. They're in the ring and they do not want to let Unagi in the match. And Unagi's just this dumb baby face that's just too happy to be hanging out with these two ass kickers. And they get and they annoy and and she annoys them to where they basically beat her up and use her as a weapon to throw it into these people at times. So after that match when they lost, because Unagi of course took that pin, uh, they beat her up backstage when Unagi tried to get a, you know, you saw I've seen that video of them beating them up. You've seen it. So mm-hmm. Unagi's trying to shake Konami's hand in this uh, uh, the start of this match, and Konami doesn't want no parts, and she's just so insistent of sticking her hand out. And then eventually Konami says, I've had enough of you. You cost me a fucking match a couple weeks ago, and you're in here, and you're insufferable. I don't want to shake your hand. You keep insisting I shake your hand. She literally ducked underneath her fucking hand that was extended and grabbed a fucking chokehold and immediately started the match. And I was like, I fucking howled. It's like, I fucking hate you. What? Why do you like? You can see, like, it's just so funny. Like, I, I hate this woman. I, I'm disgusted by this woman. I hate that she even exists. I hate that she's in a fucking starter ring and she's just trying to choke her the life out of her. And then she proceeds to just kick her in the face and kick the shit out of her throughout most of this match. And then Unagi's fighting from underneath and she's fighting back at times. And uh, by the end, like, Konami just slaps on a. Uh, a uh, triangle lancer and taps her out after beating the shit out of her for like 80% of the match and I, just, uh, I thought it was hilarious so I, I, I ended up giving it three and a half stars I think uh, no I, I give it three and, th- three and a quarter you think you gave it three and a half right yeah yeah, yeah. I, I liked it I thought I thought Unagi was awesome as a uh, getting, five, getting beat up fighting from underneath yeah and like yeah. it does show the progression from because it was a way more competitive match than the match she had with Konami doing the, uh, the seven-match trial series uh, back in February. Because she was out here getting her ass whooped by Konami. She actually she actually got some offense in this time. So, she's getting better. She's still getting her ass. She get, she's still getting the, the, the dog walked with her. But she, she's getting she's uh, she's fighting back at least. Um, so, uh, the main event from that... or sorry, not the main event. But the, uh, the last uh, Grand Prix match from that card is uh, Micah versus Azumi. I really like this match. Uh, I rewatched it. Uh, and more or less, the gist of the match is Azumi is trying to do the high speed stuff, not working. Um, and she's trying to get to certain spots. We're trying to do suplexes, but but Micah's power is just too much to deal with. And Micah is getting her on the ground. So uh, Azumi starts saying like, "I'm gotta I gotta work over her arms to get you know to rings of Saturn and um, roll ups and try to take advantage of the speed to get momentum." And then ultimately. Um, Micah 
cuts her off and then drops her to Michinoku Driver and gets the win. Uh, but before that, were a lot of near falls where it looked like Azumi actually was going to get the W over Micah, but it didn't happen. But I, I really like the match. I'm going to give it a th- uh, and on rewatch, I'm going to give it a three and a half. I think that's where you were originally. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, then, we, then we're moving on to the uh, 813 Tokyo. Uh, Cork and Hall show. Um, there were undercard matches. I'm not going to get them. Just go straight with the um, five star stuff. Uh, Kid versus Def. Do you well, know watching before this? Before you do, yeah. Oh, before go you ahead. Do that. I know you're going to talk about. Let's get to it. Open the match. Open the match. Uh, it's a four way. Four way. It was Shuri versus Micah. No, sorry. Shuri versus Mina versus uh, Lady C versus Hannon. Yep. Uh, so it looks like they're about to do a four-way lockup, and then Mina Shirakawa ducks out of the way, basically to do her pose, you know, fresh off the dance Arcuduro. Um, I started tweeting about this, and apparently other people agreed uh, that that's clearly what's going on, a TNA level, like, level ripoff of the song someone uh, reply- replied to me. Um, but then Shuri taps her like, hey, I can do what you're doing here. So Shuri mocks Mina and gets down mm-hmm. and starts, you know, gyrating and shaking and shit. And I was just <laughs> bro, dying laughing. I got look. You see me on. You see me on camera. You see that I got the mic muted. You see that I'm taking a drink of water. Don't say shit that's gonna make me spit on my laptop and ruin the equipment. We we trying to record this podcast. What are you doing? We've done this too many years for you to not, to, to not know what you were doing. You wanted me to ruin my, my damn laptop, Rich. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, bro. She, I yes, saw that shit at like. I was watching that shit at like eight in the morning. I woke right up, like, bro, like I, I didn't know, sh- I didn't know Shuri was like, you know, I'll, I'll do the sexy stuff too, uh, Mina. Like, it, it ain't no thing to steal your gimmick. Yeah, like, sh- like I said, I've said to you before. You haven't seen much of it because that's not really what she has shown in stardom. But like in other places, like she, she's she has great comedic co- timing, bro. She's hilarious. Um, like she is a she is a true professional Shuri. Like she's better than even you think she is. Like, she has more rage than you think she does. Uh, I think yeah. she's my favorite women's wrestler. I can... There, I, I, I... Like, she's not mine, but, like, she's well... She's high on the fucking list. Yeah. She's, like, she's she, way high she's on the like list. She's, like, amazing. Like, yeah. Um, but then, but this match actually would end up being pretty good uh, for yeah. an opener match. Like, you know, they had in there, get her thing. Like, they are doing their stuff, and they in, like, uh, I think Mina ends up throwing uh, Shuri out the ring when she has the match won, and she ends up rolling up uh, Lady C with her uh, Milano Collection AT uh, finish, and then yeah. she and then she stunned in front of Shuri, and Shuri made his face like, "You won!" I can't, believe, yeah, I can't, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Shuri has a great shot face. She's great with uh, facial expression. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I can't. What was the second match? The second match was a tag match. I, I don't remember what who was in. Oh, I know what it was. It was a Zumi, and no, I'm sorry. It was it was Rena. And somebody from Oedo Tai versus uh, Utami and uh, Hina. Uh, but whatever. I don't even remember the match. It's going through my mind. Uh, but, yeah, let's get to the third match, the uh, the first match of the uh, Grand Prix. Um, Starlight Kid versus uh, Fukuk and Death. Um, silent match. I didn't give him three flat stars. High-speed stuff. Didn't go too long. Obviously, they're, they're teasing stuff where... They're both in the same faction, so they're giving each other's trust and then betraying each other uh, throughout the match and taking shortcuts and corners on each other. Ultimately, um, Starlight Kid is getting the win. 
this was fun. This was uh like I feel like I'm seeing the ring generalship of Starlight Kid just like ultimate control mm-hmm. over one's like movements and um death I would love to see death like just plopped on national television in America. She'd and get then, over. Look and then see people react to her. Like like hold on like it don't feel like she should be doing this. Like no, the, the best part is right. Like, and it's funny, like, uh, cause okay. So Meltzer in 2019, it was the first time he had went to a stardom show in person, uh, or whatever else when he was going to, cause he had this, when he went to, uh, the Russell kingdom that year, yep. and he went to one of those Shinkiba first ring shows. And he, he was just like, obviously like the roster is a lot more experienced and better now and mm-hmm. older. But, like, he didn't realize that, like, this is a house show. Like, you're not going to see some blow away, kick ass, beat the fuck out of you, Joshi, right, in the ring. Like, you're going to see some comedy. You're going to see, like, at that point in time, like, uh, okay, so Azumi turns 19 this year. Like, Azumi was, like, 16 or 15. No, she was 16 at the time, right? Starlight Kid was was 16 turning 17, right? So... He's seeing, like, you know, girls that are now 16 that would have been at the time, like, 13 on these cards, right? It's like, there's been an evolution, obviously, and obviously the uh, the way they're handling stuff, like, they're they're trying to give more big matches away and trying to, they're they're going harder than they were before, but it's like, this was, you're watching, like, the first match, the first show of the year on a house show, it's cold as fuck, and there's no AC, there's no central heating in that building, whatever. So, um, I remember him saying that, like, he thought Fuki and Death sucked. Yeah. And I was like, that means you ain't seen, you ain't really seen her, you only seen her do the stupid comedy stuff. It's like, nah, man, like, she gets in here with a star, like, with any other high speed, any other speedster, and, like, she will go quickly give you a, a three and a half, three and three quarter star match in, like, seven minutes. And you'll be and knowing him, knowing how he likes his wrestling, he'll give it four stars. So, I, it's just funny to me. So, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, but as far as in America, I think, I think, he, I think she would get over on some, like, Emi Sakura-ism type shit. Where it's just, like, it's, it's comedy it is not some hard hitting stuff, but it's flashy and it's fast and like it keeps you on the edge of your seat. And it, and it, you know, they're kind of ahead of you as far as what you think is going to ha- your expectations and subverting expectations. So yeah, I think her and the high speed match will work, will work out gangbusters. Any of the high speed, any of the high speeds from starting will work out gangbusters. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, I think that will work, but you know, uh, I think, I think Emmy got that, got that trap, uh, locked up for now, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's ever gonna get over. You know, she also uh, uh, Def. She runs her own um, promotion, uh, that YMZ stuff, uh, or, mm-hmm. or promotion herself. But it's small, and I, I never even I never seen any of any of. Actually, I've seen one match. It was during the Kagetsu retirement tour, but that was it. That's the only thing I've ever seen out of it. Um, so I don't know if that's a fair assessment. Um, anyway, uh, moving on. Kamatani versus Konami. Really enjoyed this match. Um, Konami just came out and said like all of your Flippy Fobby stuff. Nope, not doing it. Just gonna like we're you're, we're gonna try and make you wrestle. And um, ultimately, obviously, Kamatani is gonna break free. But like I I feel like the marriage of both their styles worked pretty well for this match, even though it went kind of short. Um, 
end up giving uh three and three quarters, but I, th- I think match only went like seven minutes, something like that. Like, but I thought they worked. I thought they worked really well together. And like, um, after after she escaped the first triangle, so I was like, oh, she's going, she's going to hit the 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 the, the, the flash one and get the win. And sure enough, she ended up catching her, and like that's her thing now. Um, it's funny, I, like you can just look at like their gear, and it's like reflective of their styles, kind of like. <laughs> Like Konami's wearing all black like a goon and she's like um, you know, just real by the basics like submission just, striker. Yeah, real proficient technically and um uh, Kamatani is like all the flash, uh got whatever you want, pretty much like Yeah. Yes. Um uh, next match after that, Tam versus Micah. Now Tam Ever since uh, the second night of the Grand Prix has been selling this injury from um, when Konami uh, wrapped her arm in a chair, her right arm in a chair, and posted the arm, elbow first, and then pulmonized the elbow. Um, so all of her matches have been throughout it just selling. Like, she's on her full Ishii mode, just sell, sell, sell the injury throughout the whole tournament. And um, as it's gone, she's done a better job selling it, and obviously, like, she had to, she's had to make less... Uh, um, less compromises with her selling to make it work, and uh, I feel like this match was. I, I love this match. Uh, like there are times when Mike is just overpowering, and Tam is trying to get her kicks off, or she is trying to like you know get a suplex, and she doesn't have the strength because of her arm, and then like can't get the suplex. All right, let me try to get wrist control, and then uh, the finish came actually on. Micah or she, her trying to get wrist control to get off a, a black mass kick, and Micah after she gets out of that out of that that gets that wrist control or gets or gets spent, spun out uh, for the the ripcord uh, black mass, she breaks that that arm uh, that that hole free from that bad arm, and then like goes to just like clobber her with a with a clothesline, and then like Tam just literally grab picks it out the sky that that, that lariat. And then rolls through in a cartwheel and into like what she normally would turn into a transition to like an armbar on the floor, except she turns into a, a cover and gets a, the flash cradle pin. And after she was more or less like probably was in control for like 35% of the match, um, I, they have a way better match in them. But for seven minutes, I thought it killed it. I ended up, uh, I ended up giving this match three and a half. I, I, I like Tam's really good at the tournament stuff. I, she has displayed that for the last two years when I've been watching her. But like, she's really good at laying out what she wants to do, given the, t- the time constraints, whatever. She, like, she has like pretty much the perfect match for the time she's giving and the slot she is in is on the card. Um, like, I really thought she, I thought really thought Michael was going to drop her on her head and get the W and get a title defense, but nope, Tam ended up uh, stealing one. I had some absurd Tam comparison this week lined up, but I don't remember what it is. Uh, if I think of it throughout the week, uh, I will let you know. But it's you know it'll be your new uh, it'll my, be my new go to from last year from last yeah. week. When you said that she is uh, like Tanahashi. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that 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 one was like whoa whoa. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Um, then the semi main event: Mayu versus Nasapoi. This match was impressive for the fact that like it went ten minutes, like ten minutes flat almost. I gave it four stars. 
I didn't think they were particularly on their game. But the layout of the match was so crazy, and the finish was so awesome off the playing off of like Nasupoy won that second match against um or won in night two against Momo with that step up electric chair spin off roll down cover on Momo that she does it she gets the electric chair position on step up electric chair position on Mayu Mayu basically throws her down and then it, just as fast as she threw her down lifted her right back up into that drag that that second stage dragon suplex position and dropped her right on her neck and pinned her I was like god damn um they clearly yeah. have a better match in them, but like they, they are so those two are so good, and like that's their first match ever with each other in a singles match. And it's like this one, th- if they ever have a big match setting, it's gonna go to fuck off more than just four stars. But this is four stars in ten minutes. Yeah, I like this match too. Um, I like their high speed. Like every time. Uh, oh yeah, this this was it. Um, actually, no, it wasn't. Um, I was saying I said this to you the other day. Mm-hmm. Like when Mayu does high speed stuff, it's like Okada doing the dive over the ropes at the <laughs> dome or something. At this point, but they um, yeah, I I like when she dips into the high speed bag just to show y'all what she used to do. And um, I ever since Nasapoy's match with Azumi, I've enjoyed her quite a bit. Uh, and this this was like you know I never really thought about this combo before with Nasapoy and Mayu, but um. There was a near fall that I bit on uh, for Natsupoy. Was it on the it was, was it on the roll through for like the multiple rolls after a Lamai stroll? I think so. Okay. And I was like, "Are we about to see an upset here?" Because like you know, we have seen upsets already so far. I was absolutely shocked uh, the other week when Azumi beat uh, Sherry. Yeah. So I I wasn't sure, but um, yeah, this was very good. Also. Yeah. Uh, in the main event, you did not see this, but I would suggest you go back and see it. This one, like 14 minutes, is also I also gave this four stars. Uh, Kaguma versus uh, Julia. The, a lot of this is playing on their match in their their tag match from the last pay per view or no, not the last pay per view from the January or July. Ugh, let me start over. A lot of this is playing off of their um, interactions, building towards their. 4th of July pay-per-view match uh, where it was Shuri and Julia defending the tag titles versus Mayu and Kaguma. Um, there's a lot left like uh, unresolved from their their beef. Um, basically, Julie, uh, Julia got rolled up by uh, Kaguma on a cork and hall leading up to it and it led to that title match and then um, they it was really heated between those two it, during that tag match, and then they were in the same block. And then I I was looking at this card, and it was like, all right, so I'm assuming Tam versus Micah or Mayu Nasapoy is going to main event. And I saw I saw that Julia and Kagumo were main event. I was like, why the fuck is that main eventing? Because <laughs> um, like obviously uh, Kaguma is good, but she is still behind because she has been away for, she's been away for a minute you know Kaguma uh, translates to bear in uh, in Japanese I did not yeah so that's because she so bear ears when she does her pose uh. those are bear ears so um but anyway she uh <laughs> Rich was doing the, the, the Kaguma pose and it's like cause like yeah. she's she's so wholesome and adorable when she does the, the, the bear ears or whatever else her pose but anyway uh like seeing her all adorable next to that ruffian, that thug, that bully, in, in uh, Julia, and obviously is just naturally there. 
uh, like the the um, the tension between them two, and like it went off. Like there was a set, there was a moment where like towards the end where Koguma just keeps, keeps hitting these high angle rolling um, German suplexes on Julia, and then set up for her big one where she basically catches you. I have you wrapped around the waist, basically by uh, wrapped around uh, the opponent's waist, where she has you like super high, like basically up on her chest, and just lifts. It looks like she's about to drop you on the back of your head, but um, it ends up just being her finish, and like she kicked out, and then um, they they did everything. They pulled out all the tricks for this match. It, it reminded me a lot of um, the white belt defense that Julia had against Starlight Kid in February. It's not as good as that, but just far as like. You're, she's faced somebody that you know she's going to win, but she's going to do everything in her power to make you think that she can win this match by giving her every near fall on the, under the book, and then eventually she's going to win. And you just think of like when people talk about Julia and her push, whatever else, you can't say she's not giving because she gave her a whole lot. Um, mm. She and she's bumping her ass off, and that's one thing I always like about Julia is that she'll t- she'll wear an ass with a heartbeat to get over a match. Um, so, so yeah, uh, really really good match like 13 minutes 14 minutes and it's on par with like the the bane bits for that we were talking about last week with the the azumi and the shuri and the tam and the kamatani match we're just like there's this is like 13 or 14 minutes and like there's nothing you would take or change in this match it's like a perfect sub 15 minute match um so yeah uh i remembered what my comparison was okay tam is so so it's not necessarily about Tam, it's about the group. Did you catch the post-match of the Unagi versus... Uh, I, I don't remember her name. It was like oh, Mai my, something? Mai my, my Surakai. Okay, yes, yeah, so I watched that my match. Mai Surakai, she's, uh, she is from Actress Girls. This is like just straight plunder from starting Actress Girls. Tam's originally from Actress Girls. Nasi, uh, Nasi is originally from Actress Girls before she went to T- Tokyo Joshi Pro before she had a bit stardom. Uh, Hemeka's from uh, Actress Girls. Like... They, whatever they doing over there, they doing pretty good. Well, because Stardom keeps picking these motherfuckers off. Uh, so yeah, she uh, she um, she only has like twenty career matches, something like that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So she decided to transfer over, and uh, then they had a future Stardom match uh, on this early on the undercard of this particular show we we're talking about. Actually, yeah. Yep. So I, I, I not a good I, match. Not yeah, a good match. yeah. It was it was a struggle. Like at times, like they were they were uh, struggling with some of the reversals of the Irish whips, and um, yeah. it looked like Unagi was the seasoned veteran in there yes. compared to yes. um, Mai. But after the match uh, was quite hilarious because um, Unagi basically was like, "Yeah, you know, you decided to come over here and." All this other shit, and then Mai was like, "Please let me join Cosmic Angels." Yes, and she was like, "Uh, well, we've kind of done well by ourselves." And then, nah, fuck that, essentially. But then, uh, Tam gets in, and she's pretty much asks her, "Are you willing to fight and die and never give up for this shit?" And then it she didn't like, say she didn't say die, but sure, yes, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, are you will you die for me? You know, and she she basically uh Maya cut her wrists open and then uh you know they they, they swapped blood. A blood elf, a blood elf. Yeah, and then they were standing up there. I was like, Oh caught there so that she allowed her to join Cosmic Angels mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, so Cosmic Angels, four ho- four horsemen out here, you know. Oh my god, the four horsemen <laughs> You know. Tam Nakano, just like Ric Flair, you know. 
This is Richelotta's words, not mine. Not. <laughs> so my takeaway from that was, um, I thought that she was going to end up in Cos- Cosmic Angels. Um, it's kind of a thing like when uh, Mina came in in October, they had a match with Tam and Mina. And Tam dropped Mina and said, hey, I like you. Come join me in stars. Uh, you know, Tam been bringing people into stars for forever. But, what, you know, that the fifth time she did that, that was when it was a problem. They had to break up, but whatever. Um, so, Unagi, uh, she beats uh, Mai, and then Mai says, I want in. And before that, um, Unagi was like, hey, it's going to be a rough road, like, and, and she, trust me, she knows it firsthand. Like she got, she was getting her ass whooped for forever. And it's like, you know, it's gonna be a rough road, and it's gonna be, it's gonna feel lonely, it's gonna be painful, but the journey is worth it. And grad, and good luck. And she's like, well, I want to join Cosmic Angels. And then you can see Tam and Mina like at ringside, kind of like, you're trying to get a cut of this money. <laughs> you're trying to get a cut. <laughs> you're trying to get a. Trying to get a cut of this, uh, this government mint that we've made off of selling all this merch and all of these, uh, you know, photo books. So uh, you can see that. And then, like, Unagi's like, eh, I don't know about all that. Like, you know, we, you know, we, us three, we, we've paved the road for ourselves. And then Tam was like, you know, Tam's super positive. Like, look, are you willing to sacrifice and go through the ups and downs and the bumps and bruises? And more or less, like, are you willing to be our pen eater? <laughs> Are you willing to? Are you willing to? Are you willing to come out here and get your ass whooped for cosmic are you angels? To are you willing us? to whoop your ass? Whoop? Yes, yes. She didn't say it, but are you willing to do all this? And she's like, yes. She's like, well, welcome aboard, and you know, um, we're gonna chase our dreams together. And uh, that's a big been a big thing about Tam and cosmic angels is like, um, even dating back to Tam and Arissa when they uh, teamed together for Dream Shine and won that tag league in 2019 was like. You know, we had our beef, but let's like try to chase. Let's find our, Let's find a dream and let's chase it together. And then you know, Cosmic Angels was like, "You're gonna make want to make a way to stardom. I want to be at the top of stardom. You want to make it here and belong. Let's chase these dreams." And like when um, Unagi and Mina were were fighting each other over the uh, the futures belt uh, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. it was like, "Don't let." You know, it's like, look. I understand that each other are each other's way for your dreams, but ultimately, like at the end of this, like somebody's gonna have to win, someone's gonna have to lose, and we have to make peace with that because, like, we're you know we have these trios titles to take care of, and like us together, like 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 it says on the belt, like three make the most magic, like it's us three, like we get this done by the the uh, the strength of our numbers more than like, the sum of our parts. So, like. Tam is all into that mystical lovey-dovey type stuff and like she said like hey you want to chase your dream here that you're more than welcome if you're going to fight hard and, and all that kind of stuff hop aboard and Tam's just really good at this baby face shit she just always is so uh yeah yep um yeah but Ric Flair my god <laughs> no Ric Flair you know <laughs> yeah I think that's it though right yeah I think that's it yeah, uh, but that's in the show. Uh, oh, also, um, midweek we're gonna do a preview show for um, SummerSlam and Takeover, and also talk about resurgence from this weekend. So we didn't forget about none of that. We'll get to that later in the week. We're gonna have Tanya on and all that, and we're gonna have a lot. It's gonna be a blast. So, 
Um, Will Osbury is back, hoes, and I hope y'all ready to deal with it. Yeah, like uh, the, a lot, lot of people are, out here capping. Yeah, some of the soundbites heard about that from that promo sound pretty good. Hitting on some truth, some of the, some truth we don't might not like, but it's still truth nonetheless, and that's, that's yeah. part of the heat. But uh, yeah. thanks for listening. Be sure to raise whatever app you're uh, you're listening to this with. Um, go to Red Circle and drop us off with a donation. Check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Olds on top. Hiroshi Tanahashi. Olds on top. Yep. Um, and also listen to other shows in the network um, besides One Nation Radio. You have Keep It a Strong Style. You have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. You have Gorman Washer Shit. You have the Great Consequences Podcast. You have 8-Bit Suplex. You have All Things Leading. You have Great Match Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.